Hello everyone. Hope everyone is doing well. Welcome to another episode of the Mental Debriefing Podcast. I am your host, Peter Tam. And it's been quite a while since the previous podcast. I did record uh, like three episodes, but... Continue on I-15. Due to certain circumstances, um, I didn't record those, release those on time, and now they're no longer timely, so... Uh, with that said, let's um, continue on. Uh, some updates, of course. I am... Well, it's October 4th right now, 2020. And we're on, like, coronavirus uh, cycle. Once again, 7th month, 8th month cycle. I don't know even how long it has been now. Uh, other than that, it's nothing that's been uh, too exciting. So let me just catch up regarding life events for you guys. One of the... Uh, major life events, of course. Um, so, so, summer, summer, of course, has uh, come and go, come and gone. It's uh, it's October already, and we're supposedly in autumn in Southern California. Of course, the summer weather typically lasts quite a long time until third week of October before you see some autumn relief and that is the case this year as well today this whole week uh, like uh, last Wednesday was (coughs) 103 or something in Chino Hills so summer has continued on weather wise And people, of course, have been wearing their mask when they go to restaurants to order takeout. In other counties, Orange County, San Diego County, of course, you can dine in. But in San Bernardino County, where I reside, and in L.A. County, it's still takeout or patio dining only. With regards to movie theaters, Orange County movie theaters are open, and I did watch the movie Tenant with my friend Danielle at Cinema City in Anaheim Hills, California, one of my favorite movie theaters. I've been uh, going there since I was a kid, and... Originally, I had some concerns regarding the movie theater and whether it was safe to proceed to watch a movie in this current COVID environment. But then, when we and me and Danielle went, it was a, a Saturday night, so it was prime weekend time. 
10, 10, 20 p.m. film, um, or 10 p.m., so it's certainly not a inconvenient time, and with that said, there was like five people in the movie theater, <laughs> so, and this, this was a, one of those big movie theaters that housed like two, three hundred people, so did I feel safe inside the movie theater? Of course, yes. There was only uh, a certain limited amount of people. It was probably at like five percent capacity or less, and certainly it was very safe. Much safer than shopping at the supermarket or anything weird like that or going to Costco I mean if you want to see crowds either go to Walmart on a Sunday afternoon or go to Costco any day of the week any time of the week uh, and you'll see far far larger crowds in far more unsafe COVID wise conditions than going to watch a movie of course but of course, you know, if masks work, then there shouldn't be any lockdowns, right? I, you know, my position, I've always been pro-mask and pro-opening up the economy. I just don't think it's right or normal just to hurt businesses for six, seven months, particularly restaurants and nail salons and hair salons and all this stuff with tons and tons of restrictions um, you know they can't even practice or earn a living while you're you're you know there's there's no certainly not not a lot of evidence that Uh, you know, nail salons or hair salons or barber shops or those types of places, if those are super spreader events, what as they say, or anything like that. And other than that, the the whole COVID process, it has taught me quite a bit. I haven't seen a lot of people outside of my Amazon co-workers and my real estate uh, fellow realtors and my, uh, how shall I say, my uh, my uh, oh yeah, DoorDash of course. I I meet a lot. I, I shouldn't say I meet a lot of people, I, I meet restaurant workers <laughs> and the owners of restaurants, stuff like that, when you pick up the food, so uh, that's still going on. Restaurants are still a busy, or as busy as they can be with uh, takeout only, and this outdoor dining. Outdoor dining was a fine idea during the the brief period where when the weather wasn't 100 degrees every day. 
and then there was the smoke, so you're, you're outside, it's 100 degrees, and you're breathing in forest fire smoke. Doesn't make the whole outdoor dining thing very appealing, certainly. So right now it's October 4th, I am driving the Las Vegas North 15 freeway. I am uh, north of the uh, north of the California-Nevada border, north of Terrible Herbs Hotel Casino already, that's Gene, Nevada. We're near St. Rose Parkway, so we are very close to Las Vegas metro area now. Why am I going to Vegas with such frequency lately? I do plan on moving here. Um, I've always felt at home in Las Vegas. And it's not the big casinos or anything like that. Or the nightclubs. You know, I'm not a big nightclub guy. I've just always felt very at home with the local scene and what, what Las Vegas was in the 1990s and how, how locals experienced Las Vegas. I've always felt at home in that type of environment. And definitely, Las Vegas is very business-friendly. It has been impacted greatly due to COVID restrictions. So am I concerned regarding employment here? Yeah, maybe. Um, so it's either here or Arizona. And I do plan on moving to one of these out-of-state locations, but of course the job market determines everything and whether I get hired to uh, do a decent paying job or not. Right now my situation is this, I am at, I'm still a realtor in California, so I do have the possibility of doing more transactions in Southern California, but of course, thanks to these endless lockdowns and then the riots, I do feel maybe California is not the right place to continue on. I mean, it's if if there was back and forth between you know, Democrats and Republicans, pro-business versus versus anti-business. If there was more back and forth with that, then I'd be more comfortable regarding the future of California. The problem is that the state legislatures, which people pay less attention about than national, the state assembly and the state senators 
it's been single party since. Uh, I mean, it's been it's been ruled by Democrats since '96. It's been super majority for the past six years or so. So they can't even filibuster or anything like that, and it's just very one party rule right now, and. It's not even like moderate Democrat or even liberal Democrat. It's like far left authoritarian Democrat rules. The whole plastic bag thing. For a brief period during the COVID, everyone had got free plastic bags again in California. But lo and behold, that period quickly ended, and we're back to using reusable bags again. Furthermore, the governor, Governor Newsom, governor of California, he has signed a executive order stating that sales of new gas engine vehicles will be uh, forbidden in the state of California by the year 2035, so what, 15 years away, 14 years away, so, yeah, it's not really a great idea given that the technology for electric cars has not been fully fleshed out yet. I am aware that, of course, uh, Elon Musk is making great strides regarding battery technologies. But California, during a certain um, during the fires and during hot weather, it can't handle uh, large capacity uh, weather situations. So that's kind of where we're at. Furthermore, I don't think that's a good idea, of course, to... In one and a quarter miles, um, keep left on I-15. I don't think it's a good idea, of course, to proceed with uh, mandating electric cars. Let the market set. If you're... If... Uh, I mean... A lot of gas-powered cars, they have really good gas economy, and that will further be the case, you know, 14, 15 years from now. And then you're also banning the sales of hybrid cars, um, and uh, hybrid and what do you call it, and of course traditional gas-only engines, but the capacity of those, uh, you know, the capacity of the Gas-powered engines and hybrids. Uh, they're of course way more efficient than they were 15 years ago. So you can imagine that 15 years from now, you're going to have some very efficient vehicles uh, regarding gas-powered cars. So just limiting the sale of them. It's just uh, regarding the sale of them. Uh, and limiting the sale of them, 
or eliminating it. It's just completely ridiculous. I think it's not a great idea given the state's inability to generate enough electricity during hot days. Totally, totally out of, out of fuck. I mean, it is ridiculous that California has rolling blackouts and then like Nevada or Arizona, they don't have any of that. Don't you find that weird? <coughs> it's like, you know, people always blame, oh yeah, there's more people in California, so it's like, <laughs> if you have that infrastructure, whether the uh, good infrastructure or not, whether you have the uh, a certain amount of population or not, um, that really doesn't greatly affect it. Because, you know, if you have an office building, whether it's uh, half empty or f full capacity, your, your air conditioning bill is not going to be as, as affected as having an empty building versus uh, if it is occupied. So there's that. Also, this was the case where a lot of people were at home during COVID because of, um, you know, because of COVID restrictions and still the, the restrictions were in place and still California could not generate enough energy, which was, uh, very, very ridiculous. In other news, our former... Uh, co-host Leslie and her husband Frank their daughter of course has been born and things are rolling along smoothly or as smooth as they can be given uh, given the in one and a half miles keep left on I-15 given, given the COVID situation so, they have a newborn, they're raising a family now, I congratulate them, they've moved on to bigger and brighter things. Regarding, uh, what else am I going to talk about here today? Oh yeah, so I was part of the U.S. Census Bureau for five weeks, and I was employed by the U.S. Census Bureau as an enumerator. Basically, the census, as you know, takes place every 10 years, where there's a population count, amongst other things. And then that population count, the government, federal government, uses that data to determine, uh, you know, they should build certain hospitals and roads and senior centers, things like that, in certain areas. Keep left on I-15. Or not. And then they also use that data, of course, for uh, congressional seating. And where to, um, you know, which, which areas, which states get more like, members of Congress, which get less uh, for the uh, Electoral College. Um as well with, um, you know, the population and 
uh, how many electoral college points each uh, each state gets, and then you get the House of Representatives as well, um, and then state legislatures, things like that. Everything is all determined by the census, so it is a very useful population count. And during the beginning of the year, of course, there's a lot of marketing, both from the federal government as well as the local governments, to encourage people to do the census. And they mail out the uh, what do you call it? They they, they mail out uh, questionnaires and, and uh, information sheets, so you can either do it online or you can request to do it on paper and send it in. You can even do it like over the phone. Um, but if you ignore all that stuff, then after that period where uh, after the first couple months period, if you ignore all that stuff, then they would send enumerators like myself out to knock on the doors of residences uh, that did not respond to the uh, census. And then they set a certain date as the date where they count whether you reside in a certain area or not. This this time around, it was April 1, 2020. And as you know, that was right smack dab during the beginning of the coronavirus um, pandemic thing. So... A lot of the so enumerators, of course, because there was a pandemic, we were told not to. We couldn't start work basically because no one wants to go open your door, open their door, and answer a bunch of questions when there's a pandemic going around. Particularly at the beginning, where everyone was not sure what this pandemic could entail. But later on, of course, um, it started August 1. You know, starting in July, of course, they reached out to all of us June and July that uh, we would uh, get work done soon and we would uh, start. So because of that. Um, okay, we're... we're near uh, 15 North near Sahara now so I am in the city and I am in Clark County right now right smack dab we're near downtown so back to being an enumerator so we had training in August uh, like the first week of August and most of it is on was online. We had one day where we were indoors, and we got distributed phones. They were iPhone 8s, which were our input devices. And then after a whole bunch of other training was uh, not online. It was. I mean, it was online, so 
So after a few, um, after a few trainings, then it was time to, uh, basically, it was time to go out and knock on doors. So basically how the process works is, uh, we were given, uh, every day you're given a device. I mean, you have the device. So every day they would send you information, send you a bunch of addresses basically. And those were the uh, uh, addresses of the people that didn't, um, that, that basically didn't, uh, uh, how shall I say, they didn't, um, they didn't respond to the uh, census yet. So, driving here. So take exit 42A on the right to Reno. Martin L. King, then keep left. Oops, I need to go on a 95. Oopsie, going the wrong way. Keep left to US 95. Okay, I missed the uh I missed the turn there, so let's see what I'm gonna do here. Take exit 43 on the right to D Street, then turn right. Okay, so so basically as an enumerator, every day we would get um, a list of addresses of people who had not responded yet. Turn right to on the census. Then turn left. And then how that would work is because they did not respond to the census, uh, we would have to, of course, knock on their doors. And then knocking on their doors, of course, they would have to, uh, you know, the three quarters of a mile. Take exit 45 on the right to Blakeney Boulevard. They're they're either knocking, uh, you know, it's it's either take exit 45. On the right to Blakeney Boulevard. Basically, how it works is you, um, they have like six questions, and then six or seven questions, basically. And they would respond to said survey, and right to East Lake Mead Boulevard, then turn left. Uh, let's see here. Let me uh, put a stop. Basically, they would uh, respond to the uh, so basically they had like uh, 
six or seven questions to answer. We would um, ask the questions and it would enter their input, whatever they say, onto our devices. And then off they go. Turn left on East Lake Mead Boulevard, then take the ramp on the right. And then, you know, off they go and uh, you don't need to talk to them again. So the first few weeks was pretty entertaining, of course. A lot of people cooperated um, with the... Uh, when you knocked on the door, they were very happy to talk to you. And, you know, they they saw the ads regarding why a census is necessary or they're familiar with the Constitution, which uh, basically states that every 10 years there should be a uh, census. So for the first few weeks, it was pretty good. You know, they you had a nice, pleasant interview with them or um, or they weren't there. So you left a left a note telling them to do it online. Um, first few weeks were good. And of course, when you do a lot of interviews, you know, you feel good, you gain momentum and energy and you feel good as a person for helping the process along, helping a constitutionally uh, mandated uh, thing, uh, a constitutionally mandated uh, directive uh, to, to continue on. Then, of course, later on, um, after all these cooperative people had responded, then the the job got much harder because what you're left with are people that weren't cooperative, and that can be troublesome. The non-cooperative people were very, um, I don't know, they were, uh, they were very uh, discontent and very uh, they could be a whole bunch of people they could be uh, one they could be uh, take the ramp on the right toward I-15 North then keep left there are a lot of the uh, I don't trust the government type of people and keep left to I-15. Which, which was a large chunk of people. And then there were others, they just don't want to be bothered. I mean, um, certainly some people, they, they want to be at home and be left alone and they don't trust that you're, you're part of the federal government. You know, we had our our um, ID badges, you know, Department of uh, Agriculture, Department of Commerce, excuse me, um, U.S. Census Bureau ID cards, ID badges, but of course they look kind of weird. Um, you know, it's, it's not like an FBI badge, basically. <laughs> it's not like a police badge. So you just have like a work badge and, you know, you... Take exit 42 on the right to US 95 North. You flash that uh, info to them, and 
they kind of don't trust you, basically. Or there were a lot of people also that claimed they did it online. So, you know, you, you, you ask them, oh yeah, I answer some questions, and then they say, hey, uh, I already did it online. So you don't know if they're telling the truth or not. So there was a lot of that also. Uh, I'm not sure how at the end those got resolved, those files. Uh, but basically, after the first four weeks, all the easy uh, interviews were done. And it was just chasing these people that had been contacted before. But they Take didn't. exit 42, on the right, to US 95 North. A lot of these were, um, they did, uh, they were contacted already, and, um, they just didn't, um, you know, they didn't respond after several times. So, with that said... It was you know it, it can get kind of um, it wasn't as fun of the job. Also, it should be noted that it was like 100 degrees. It was 100 to 106 degrees for a majority of the time when I was outdoor knocking. And this was in, of course, in Chino Hills and uh, Ontario, Chino, Rancho Cucamonga, that area. So. One quarter mile. Turn left on and Martin L. King Boulevard. You're, you're knocking on doors and they don't want to talk with you it can get kind of uh, a weird situation let's just say turn left on and Martin L. King Boulevard the street Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard the uh, Carmen is like Martin L. King um, anyways so the the fourth week, the fourth week to the fifth week was kind of um, in one quarter mile. Turn right on US ninety five. It was it was more intense, and they were also winding down as well because. Um, Basically, they only had two months to complete the whole thing, which was from training from August to the end of September. There was no extension given due to coronavirus for the uh, um, for the uh, U.S. Census, so everything had to be done very quickly and within that two-month period. So they had to hire a lot, a lot of people at the very beginning. Um, to to cover a lot of ground, knock on a lot of doors, and later on, of course, they had to consolidate that number. Right on US ninety five. Because the amount of people that were um, 
participating was going down. I mean, not the, not the amount of people that were participating. The amount of people that needed their door knocked was going down. It was mostly just these people that were, uh, you know, mostly problem files, basically. How should I say that? Um, people that didn't want to cooperate. So, there was a lot of that going on. And I remember last week, because I was working Chino Hills, the last week they sent me out to a lot of Ontario files in uh, Rancho Cucamonga. And they were... This was the fifth week, I, I suppose. And... There was also... Um, out, outside of... Uh, I'm not sure what I want to say right now, but it was just very interesting, the steps that... Continue on US-95. It was, it was just very interesting how... Um, how the whole process worked. I never thought the census... I never got, gave it a second thought until I worked it, and then uh, turned out it was uh, super important. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes that's life. And it was obviously a very good decision on my part to do it and to experience that and to serve the federal government. Towards the last week, of course, um, you know, they, they were on this, the gradual, um, you know, I don't know, they had a gradual layoff period, so, they, they, they laid off people in phases, and, depend, a lot of it was depending on how many hours you worked. Uh, I, of course, had other jobs, including Amazon and being a realtor, so I couldn't really pound out 40 hours a week uh, doing U.S. Census work. And I was told, you know, just stay above 20 hours a week. That's what they all, all said on their manuals. As long as you're over 20 hours, there's nothing to worry about. But, of course, what happened was it turned out Uh, during the the first group that was uh, let go was the people that were uh, that didn't maintain 20 hours a week and then I maintained 20 hours a week I was on the second group to be let go and uh, remaining the remaining files through um, mid mid September and late September those were for being pursued by the um, the people that worked uh, like 30 hours plus a week, which wasn't me, but I was okay with it, and it was a good five-week experience as a U.S. Census enumerator. I cherish that experience. I value that experience. 
I don't want to take lightly that experience. It was definitely something I learned a lot from. Continue on US 95. And I don't want to be in position where um, I don't want to be in a position where I'm doing that again in 10 years, but you know, what can, what can I say? It was a good learning experience. It was good serving the U.S. Department of Commerce. And doing my small part. You know, I, of course, I've never been in the military or the Coast Guard or anything like that. So, um, or, and I'm not a first responder, so it's good to serve and uh, do my civic duties doing these types of jobs. And, uh, yeah, someone has to do it, so. I, uh, I'm thankful that I did. In other news, of course, <coughs> um, yeah, I set a go goal to move out of my condo by the end of 2020, but it hasn't been going great because I'm still working at Amazon um, in Chino and my dental plan is kind of tied in with that so I still have some dental work to be done and because of that I can ex actually uh, end things And I can basically go get dental. Uh, um, I can basically just walk off the job right now. Uh, so, um, because of that, I'm still at Amazon. I've been getting a crown put in for like several weeks now, but. Uh, the dentist has... The crown broke, like, twice. The crown I was supposed to be put in. So, it's been an ongoing process. My dental work. And because of that, I can't just go, uh... You know, go do something else with my time. And I can't just go move to, move to someplace else. I need to wait till my dental work is done before I can move. Uh, so yeah, kind of uh, stuck right now, but it's all good. I appreciate uh, my time at Amazon, my time as a blue collar worker. It's been very, it's been very educational. A lot of the uh, motivations of blue collar workers. You don't understand until you're actually in their shoes, which I am now. And I will say a lot of these social liberals 
that, uh, you know, a lot of these college-educated liberal elites, they do not have a clue at all regarding what the blue-collar life is. Maybe their parents were blue-collar. Maybe their parents worked retail or or worked in restaurants, like, uh, like my dad did, but... In one and a half miles, take exit 90A on the right to US 95 business route. Uh, even so, even if your parents did work, uh, blue collar or worked in a restaurant, you don't really get it, and you don't really get the mindset of that until you're in that same situation. So when I was in that same situation uh, as I am now, I, I get the different thinking that blue-collar workers have with um, with white-collar workers, and it's not similar. Your, your relationship to your company is also different. Uh, your relationship with management and uh, your ideas of what breaks should, should be, your lunch break, um, your ideas on what work is. It's all very different when you're in the blue-collar environment. Take exit 90A on the right to US 95 Business Road. I will say this. I'm concerned regarding the uh, the California lifestyle. I feel it's in danger due to the ongoing shutdowns. I feel California California is not competitive with other states because of the restrictions in California and the lockdowns, of course, are not great for business, not great for uh, hair salons or nail salons or restaurants, bars. Turn right. A lot of the hospitality has been really effed up. Hospitality industry. I will say that you know, all things considered, All things considered, I am making it through this, uh, I am making it through this, uh, pandemic in a alright manner. Let's see here, I'm trying to get somewhere. But because the California lockdowns, I mean, um, this new system, you can, uh, there is plus and minus uh, based on the infection rates. And it could very well be possible that your, that the rates could um, affect the business openings and closings uh, furthermore in the future. So 
Um, the infection rates are what's being used to calculate uh, whether restaurants and bars and all that stuff can be open, and it's just been a complete headache because um, obviously things are uh, not going well in, in that regard. And the county is like Orange County and San Diego County. They are at a point where they can open like quarter capacity for restaurants. But of course, if the infection rate goes higher, then the restaurants have to go back to takeout only again. And it's just really difficult for restaurants to keep bouncing around like that. I I don't think it's a good way to evaluate things. I think the government is way off base. The state government, um, Gavin Newsom, is off base on setting setting things to be based on that. It's just weird and odd, and I don't think it's right. And for businesses, you just can't keep opening and closing like that. And, and uh, you know, oh, we can have indoor dining again. Oh, no, we can't. And then, you know, uh, what if infection rates go higher? They're going to close barbershops again. So it's just hard for businesses, and I feel for them. And I hope there's resolution to all this mess uh, sooner rather than later. Because of that, I think other states have handled this pandemic better. They've handled a lot of things better. So, I don't know. Maybe it's a good time to change change scenery for me. So, we'll see. Have a good one, guys.